Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Manhood Simplified Podcast. Great to see you. And today we're unpacking something which is anything but simple. It's around men's sexuality. What does that mean? And does it change depending on the cultural codes that people prescribe to? Well, we're hoping to unpack that and a whole lot of the other salient issues. I'm Ayanda Nyat. And my name is Kamilike Povana. Thank you so much for joining us again on the Manhood Simplified Podcast. This is not going to be a simple conversation to have. And fortunately for us, we're able to employ the expertise of our amazing guest joining us in studio at this time. Dr. Chingai, thank you so much for joining us. Please take a moment to briefly um, introduce yourself and the work that you do before we deep dive into the conversation we're about to have. No problem. Thanks very much for the invitation. Yeah, I'm Professor Chingai Mutambirwa. I'm the head of the Department of Urology at Dr. George Mukari Academic Hospital and Safako Makato Health Sciences University. And urology is uh, a lot of people think it's just about guys they're like we're main male gynecologists but the reality is that we deal with the urinary system as well so uh, about 20 percent of our patients would be females because they've got kidneys they've got bladders and the interesting thing is that the we, we, because we, we deal a lot with the male um, sexuality um, uh, it's also because we have females we also deal with some of the female sexuality as well so it's a, I, I think the most important thing that you're bringing up today as well is the fact that all of these things are interrelated. You can't separate the a person who's having um, his sexuality, his or her sexuality, from the relationships, from work, from life, from everything else. And I think I think the most the big best thing about the program is that it's actually going to be a holistic discussion about sexuality. That's fantastic. Yeah, that introduction leads beautifully into where I was hoping to begin. I mean, there's always perceptions, Professor Shingai, that men generally don't take care of their health. And that's across the board, psychologically, physically, etc. Is that backed up by the data, by your experience? Short answer, yes. Unfortunately, we, let, uh, we, we know that guys see their healthcare providers or, or physicians or whoever five times less than females generally in their life. And because of that, we have a five-year five less life expectancy as wow. well. And it's partly due to, um, I, I mean, we, we usually like to say it's a biopsychosocial, cultural, spiritual model. And all of these things can impact on the way people are taking care of their general health as well. And I think one of the things, there are some biological issues that guys have, we are the man chemical in inverted commas, testosterone, which isn't actually only for men. Females also, their sexual um, drive is from testosterone as well. But the thing is that the, uh, the the testosterone can cause some slight increases in some types of diseases. But I think it's a lot more to do with some of the social changes that we make and decisions we make as guys. Um, the, for example, we, we, we're more likely to take risks, more likely to get angry, more likely to get into fights, more likely to smoke, more likely to take drugs. All of these things impact on that. And I, I, just to put it in context, um, the, the data shows that up to about the age of 16, uh, males and females general health is very similar doesn't change oh, really? but after that the guys start falling behind we get more sick we get more think and one of the reasons is because up to 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 16 um both the girl the, the parents the care care providers were actually making sure they always got checked out if they were if they had a sore throat or a headache you're not going to miss out you have to go and get checked out when we get past 16 the women who are thinking a bit more straight than guys in many ways say hold on my parents were doing this for the last 16 years of my life why don't i continue to make sure i take care of my health All right and they do and then good guys we say i know i'm daughter we're tough now now we yeah. can do as we please we can get into whatever 
And that's one of the downfalls that we have. And that's why we also are more exposed to a lot of illnesses and conditions as when particularly one of the biggest, which I always like to tell my patients is the biggest killer in the world is not COVID or, or, or AIDS or anything. It's actually stress. Because the, the fact that we, we, we know, even scientifically, we know that we've done trials on rat models where we've actually, they, when, when rats are stressed, mm. they release chemicals in their bloodstream, which are similar to the ones that you're causing diabetes, high blood pressure, and all these sort of things. Very, very dangerous. And guys rarely take care of their psychological health. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that we actually have as well, that we have to start getting out of this idea that just we're, we're tough guys. We can do it ourselves. If somebody cries, then there's a problem. I think it's, it's dangerous and actually yeah. foolish. You've also spoken about, I guess, how um, men, me paraphrasing, kind of wired to have a violent response to their anger mm. because I think everybody gets angry. Yeah. It's about how this materializes, how this yeah. comes forth. So, speak to us a bit more about that. I don't imagine that's a justification no. for men to continue it's, being violent. It's actually even a more better reason for, you, for us to look at ourselves even more importantly about this. We know that both males and females, we all get stressed, we all get angry. Females, usually they don't go to violent, physical violence, mm. but it can be emotional violence right. as well. Similarly, guys often will use physical violence, particularly against the female partners, because they're weaker. And that just goes to show how cowardly we're being. Where you, you're not going to fight the guy who's 10 times taller than you, but you're willing to beat this because they, that, it's a matter of the underlying mindset. We need to remember that everybody's going to get into these moods here and there. You must look at yourself. Because I, I, another sort of saying is that it, whenever I get angry, I, again, I think it's from Khalil Gibran, that anger is always fear made visible. So if you are angry, you're afraid of something. Mm. So look into yourself, find out, stop it. If you're using emotional violence, look at why, why, are you, why are you angry? If you're using physical violence, stop it. Why are you angry? Anger is not a justification for doing things to other people, whether it be emotional, physical, or anything. In fact, it's going to impact on you and mess up your, your, your own psyche in the long term. Now, you alluded to it in, in, your, in the answers you just gave us now, and I'm hoping, without necessarily treading on ground that we've already covered, I'm hoping that you're able to further expand on the matter I'm about to pose to you. What is, in your professional opinion and in your insight, what is it that informs this degree of, of, of recklessness and laissez-faire that men generally have towards all, all forms of their health, uh, mentally, spiritually, physically, sexually even? Is it, is it a cultural thing? Is it a religious thing? Is it a combination of, of all of the above that forms part of the pressures that we uh, as men place ourselves under and found, find ourselves falling short of this mark that we're setting for ourselves? Yeah, no, I know. I think that's a great question, but I think and there's no right answer for it. But um, I think, again, to go back to the biopsychosocial, cultural, spiritual model, if you look, for example, 300 years ago um, in the Zulu history, the matriarch was running things. Mm. They were the ones who were in control. The guys were used, we were, we were more muscular, so we were being, but the general field and the way we were going was based on maternal principles as well as paternal principles. And I think culture has impacted on that. We've now got to a culture where, I know it's a bandied around statement that this, uh, this uh, toxic masculinity, but it's a fact. We actually are become we we've seemed to have moved away from the fact that we actually integrate 
better if we were in a, a with 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 other people. And it's not just a, I'm not talking about heterosexual or homosexual, or whatever. Whichever way you you, you believe in yourself sexu uh, sexually, there's really no problem. But the thing is that we are get in, indoctrinated from the beginning that no, uh, we always have to be able to perform. The guy, if the guy doesn't stand, it's a problem, and it's not my fault. If it's it's the the partner, whichever partner it is. If you don't have a can't get a baby. It's 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 the it's the woman who's the problem. When we know statistically, it's half of the time it's a guy, half the time it's a woman. Mm. We know that then when it comes to to the to, to aggressive attitudes, fighting and that sort of thing, even with the partners, we know that we've got more muscles, so we get, get we are more likely to feel comfortable about beating up somebody who's weaker than us, which is. I think it's a whole interrelation. I mean, even when it comes to spirituality, religion, and that sort of thing, there's also impacts on that. Of course, we know that. We can't get into it too much, but I mean, even the, 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 in some countries where they where females are not allowed to go to school, you can imagine what the guy's mindset is going to come, no matter how good the guy has been brought up. But I think it also boils down to the upbringing and our socialization as upbringing. And I think we, as uh, as as parents or whoever, you need to bring it that they are able to express themselves, talk, discuss what they want to do, and try to give, give them direction. Because if you're in your, your own house beating up somebody, it's going to lead to the same thing in the yeah. future. And yeah. similarly, if we go out to a pub and we're I'm, I'm with buddies or something and we're going for the first drinks together, and the guys say, oh, no, I, 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 I left for three hours in the bedroom. That's garbage, by the way. That doesn't happen. That, that <laughs> Nobody way. does. Yeah, no, it's nonsense. <laughs> Can they, we clarify they, that they, now? The, the average guy on, from data ejaculates between three and a half and five minutes of penetration. Consider the record set straight. <laughs> so this is data, okay? Right. You want to argue with science and just base it on yeah. one episode that you might have had, then that's fine, but that's what it is. Your penis is fine, by the, guys, by the way, guys. It works, okay? It's not too small. And it's working well, okay. But anyways, the whole point is we go into <laughs> to bed, to bed, and the, the, talk about penis size. We go into the the, the bar, the toilets at the bar or something, and we we start looking at other guys' penises while we're peeing. And and if you know physics, you know the angles are going to make everything look bigger than you first of all. Right. But even if you get out of the science, I don't think you're trying to have sex in the bathroom at the time. Sometimes you do. I don't think there's a problem if you really want to do it. But <laughs> I don't think, and you're not getting an erection. And so when you get an erection, your penis from the stretch length increases between 20 and 50 times more. So even just looking when it's hanging makes no... That, that's not even no, the real size. That's not even the real size. Right, right. Where does that come from, though? Is that, a, is that just the primal instinct that men have to compete on, on any kind of level? Again, this can even go further back. Where you go, if you go into uh, Greek mythology, there's a, a specific god called Priapus. Um, who, if you see, he's got he's about he's got a big nose and he's like this, but his penis is he's taller than him, oh. and he was he was one of the Greek gods of 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 of, of sexuality and 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 reproduction, and. So even back then, we were already having a little bit of a struggle with ourselves about our, our size and what we're doing with it. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's it, I, I, maybe just take a step back. If you're in a heterosexual relationship, only 20% of women have orgasm from penetrative sex alone. Only 20%. And even if they do, it takes them between 21 and 25 minutes to get there. Mm -hmm. All right? And so... What are we? How how are we gonna do the three and a half five minutes to the? You think how do we do that? Ah, we get to the foreplay, the intimacy, oh. because guys, we're all thinking that no, we've been reading, looking at priapus, we've been looking at uh, the people in on porn movies, and of course, porn movies. The average porn movie takes between three and, f and seven days to make for that fifteen minutes. Okay, 
so this thing of going, oh, going, going it's, it's nonsense. Second of all, I mean, you're in, 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 in the media. I'm sure the pornography guys are not going to Photoshop and make these things look bigger. And right. There are things called fluffers even in these things where they, they, they have to keep being stimulated by somebody to do. It's not real life. Real life is what you're dealing with yourself. And so females, how do you deal with them? If you're in a heterosexual relationship, foreplay, intimacy, talking, uh -huh. even just buying flowers a month ago can impact on where she's going to get orgasms. Because only 20% are going to get it from penetration and almost they're ne almost never going to get it from painful penetration. Right, right, right. So your penis is fine. This is so interesting what you're touching on now because I mean, the reality is guys are talking about sex. Guys are obviously having sex. But I imagine that the conversations might include people who are blind, leading the blind in some exactly, instances, right? Exactly. I, I wonder how we can begin to, I guess, break down the stigma of being unsure mm. about what to do in the context where you're having sex, mm. which is, I guess, where a lot of specifically young guys mm. who might have an interest in this podcast are at. Yeah. How do I openly speak about, hey, I actually don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I want to create a safe space. But, uh, you know, I need to start somewhere to do that. Yeah. And, and, and just to latch on to, to uh, Mayanda's question, there's a, the, 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 the idea, the operating idea that there is no space for young boys and young men to have conversations pertaining to sex, pertaining to their sexual health with someone that they consider a mentor, someone that they consider a role model, a father figure, for, for instance. How do we go about encouraging these young men to find that degree of comfort, to find that degree of safety, to be able to, to have these, these conversations amongst themselves as men, from, from, from young man to, to older man, or, or someone, someone positioned as this role model or father figure. And what is the responsibility of us as the older men that are positioned as these role models to be able to open that platform to these young men yeah. to have this conversation without them feeling judged or made to feel like they're weird in any yeah, it's a societal issue more than anything else, and I think it's about our socialization and how do we change that. And I mean, we know that um, boy, boys usually start their puberty a little bit later than females, uh, but similar. But the, most of them are coming towards it around the age of 13, 14. And the kids are not stupid; they know what's happening. They're seeing something going on. If you don't talk to them and expect communication, communication again, they are going to misinterpret. Mm. I can tell you from I, I, I. I I only, and by, you, by the way, young guys, you don't have to start having sex. It's not a compulsory thing, okay? And I, will, I finished medical school when I was, uh, when I was uh, 21, okay? And, I, and during the five years of medical school, I, had not, I didn't understand about sexuality until about the third year. I used to think in my first two years that the, the, the navel was the place where the penis would go in a female mm. to make her pregnant. And I was in medical school. Sure. My father and mother, but, but they're both PhDs and they're both ones of the anthropology. They talk to me about these things here and there, but I didn't go out and put it to them and say, listen, can you explain A, B, C, D to me? So the responsibility is both from the adults, and it's not just the males. For, 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 for males, it's also males and females can all discuss. We need to make an effort to have a discussion about it because the outcome is going to be so poor. And, the, and what's going to precipitate is that as the, the young, the, the 15, 16 year old guy gets older. He's had never had a discussion. He's had issues. He's going to continue this toxic masculinity as he gets older. Do your children a favor. Have a discussion. Children, do your parents a favor. Ask them to talk to you a little bit about these things. Tell them what's going on. 
is this a conversation that can only be had in the confines of a brotherhood, of a circle of male friends, or do we as men have to be able to have that capacity to, to I guess, humble ourselves enough to be able mm -hmm. to have this very same conversation with the opposite sex? Yeah. I think there's a couple of issues here. First of all, um, just to take another step back, if you do not want to be in an intimate sexual relationship, you just want to make love to yourself, the one you love the most, masturbation, perfectly reasonable. Mm. It's good for your health. Good for your health. It does all the things because sex is a form of exercise. The exercise from orgasm and from masturbation is equivalent essentially to most natural sex. Does it lead to you being blind? Like it's so completely. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the people who believe that are the ones who are blind. You see, that's it. You don't get you another don't get, one <laughs> for the record being set straight. You don't get hair on your hands. You don't get. get the whole, does it make your penis smaller? I've no, heard that it does not. And it does not right. lead you to become a sex, a sex addict. It is no evidence for any of these right. things. Right. Okay. Just unpacking all a, of no, these. No, but I mean, these are these are real things. We've heard it somewhere yeah. in your yeah. life, right? That's I mean, um, does it lead to early ejaculation? Is another one I've no. heard. Okay. No, no, it does not. Want. The early ejaculation we might touch on it a bit later. It's a very good underlying uh, scientific reason why it happens and why we how we can fix it and that sort of thing. But I think when, first of all, so if you're in a, a, a relationship where you don't want to be intimate, the only thing you're going to miss out is the intimacy because intimacy also can give right. you some good, some good cycle. But besides that. Get on with it. Next, if you have, if you want to have a partner or partners, because I, I always say that there's only two sexual problems which I think are out there. Well, not think. Almost every sexual expert says, and they're probably the same thing. One is taking somebody by force, yeah. any form of force, rape, right. whatever it is. That, of course, that's a disaster. Second is taking a child, which is rape yeah. as well. But any other intimate relationship between consenting adults, if everyone's consenting, why get worried? In fact, I have a I have a patient who um, she, uh, they, they were a couple and they've been trying to have a child for a couple of years. And they came to me and I went through the history discussing and they said, no, uh, the husband fetish is only he can only get ejaculate when he sees a red stiletto next to his wife's face in the bedroom. Okay. And she thought this was disgusting. Interesting. So, but I told him, listen, the stiletto's not unhappy. <laughs> What's going on? They've got two kids now, so I'm pretty sure there's a stiletto involved there. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. if you're in the relationship, you have to discuss, talk, find out what the people want. Everyone's got their own fetishes. Some people want to swing. Some people want to to to, to have anal sex with, with right. male or female partner or whatever. Some people don't. Some people just want to kiss. Some people want to touch. Some people want to do everything, all sorts of mixes. If you're a consenting couple, and of course, we, we must have the proviso as a, as a doctor trying to be trying to be as safe as possible. It's not always, it, 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 but you usually can manage that. Then get on with it. And don't be worried. And don't be thinking that you're, it's a man's club or it's a woman's club. Uh, another example of, of, of how we guys don't bother to talk to our partners is that, that I, it's almost every day when my practice where I see my, my patient comes in, he's now 60 years old or something, and he says, no, I've got a problem. Um, uh, my, my penis is too small. And I say, okay, who told you that? He says, no, my wife, and that's why she wants to divorce me. When did she say this? About three months ago. How long have you been married? 40 years. You can, it's not, our minds are so, we're so tuned into thinking that everything's about our sex. I told, tell them, go and talk to your partner. Find out what the real issue is. Right. Because the penis is fine, I can tell you that. But at the end of the day, we are very poor communicators as guys yeah. generally. Females are much more likely to talk honestly with their, with their, their female friends. 
guys guys in general, even whether it be heterosexual, homosexual, we don't seem to do so good. Mm -hmm. And I think it's even just from the upbringings and the way we've been taught that we can't ask questions. The only person you can look forward to is the, the to information from is your your dad or and maybe your uncles. And every no women are going to get involved in this discussion. And why should they? they? It's not important. And then your friends, when they come in, everyone's coming with their own drama. We all have to. I mean, which guys? I've never gone to a pub. Well, maybe I have because I, I talk a lot about pubs. We have to do, shit. <laughs> <laughs> do you do any of the practice? <laughs> <laughs> but if, when you go on to something, I guess I'm different because I. I'm a sexual health, so I have had some friends talk to me and say that, no, they have a problem here and there. But the average guy out there, every time you talk to the guy, he's going to tell you he's the greatest performer. Right. The partner is top. In fact, he might have a problem or he might have a problem. Mm -hmm. It's not me. It's not me. And we have to respect that we, we all have our failures. Everyone, I mean, if, if it's like ejac premature ejaculation. We define it as... We used to define it as if either before penetration or within 30 seconds of penetration. But we've changed that. It's about bother, whether it bothers the person. So, for example, with... with oh, really? With oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's one so, of my early ejaculation is not the same as anybody no. else's? No, 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 no. Right. It's all about bother and the in, in interactions between people. I mean, even when you're talking about uh, causing early ejaculation because of, 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 of masturbation, Often masturbation, you want to get it done quick, quick, because you're about to get back to the office yeah. if you're in the bathroom or something. Yeah. So it, it's it's so it's a matter of bother, and if your person has uh, is bothered by it, then they should be discussion, and that's, the bother is going to be between the the partner or partners that are involved there. And if you don't come up, I mean, it's, uh, many women do not want to have even penetrative sex. They're doing it for you, mm. and what you and what they really want you to do is maybe go down on them or have to do something different. And you haven't discussed it with them. And then going out for two years, three years, no discussion. You're boasting to your buddies at the, at the pub. And the partner is saying, listen, I can't do this no more. And then eventually says, no, we have to break up. But why? Why? I've been performing like a, a stallion in the bedroom. Right. You didn't discuss. You haven't discussed with the person. That person doesn't know what you want. She does, she, and you definitely don't want to know what he or she wants. Mm. You mentioned communication a lot, and mm. it's interesting how the, the, more, the more I've heard you um, expound on this subject, the more it becomes clear of how, of how ego-driven the sport mm. of sexual intercourse actually is on both sides mm. of the gender divide. I'd like to latch on to something you mentioned a little bit earlier about um, the discrepancies between um, the, the man's inability to get it up, quote-unquote, mm. and how that also feeds into the ego mm. um, element that we've just covered, how in certain instances, if he can't get it up, then she automatically assumes that he's the problem. Yeah. She automatically assumes that he's gay That's or it. he's got something That's going it. on with him. Or, 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 or rather, if, if she doesn't get wet, then it's because he did something wrong. He is the one who isn't doing something right. How much of the, of the addressing of these discrepancies is ego-driven and what is the potential of this ego leading these exchanges Causing more damage and more friction towards um, the, 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 the relationship, relationship yeah. between uh, men and women, especially in the field of this yeah. sport known as sexual intercourse. Yeah, it's uh, again, it's that it's such an important question because the thing is that best erections for guys, just to break some myths here, best erections for guys between 18 and 22. After that, 
We 22? all... 22. That's your, your best erections the are done best, by 22? <laughs> the best sexual erections are during that period. Okay, oh, okay. why I'll explain. And let me just maybe just remind me because I'm so forgetful. I'm, yeah, that's right. Obviously, so, I've been to the pub, so I'm obviously... It's no problem. It's getting personal. Yeah, that's, but the thing is that what, what there's a part... There are basically three types of erections. One is the one that people think standard psychogenic, where you think... Um, get an erection, you get an erection. Second is what we call reflexogenic, similar to, it's a, a reflex where if you touch, pinch the tip of the penis or pinch the inside of the ass, it causes a reflex. And that's why paraplegic men can get uh, erections. And the third mm -hmm. is a nocturnal erection, which is basically um, it, because we think it's partly because of the man chemical testosterone, but it in, impacts on the children, on, on, that's why baby boys actually get more erections than adults, 12 to 15 erections every day. The oh. reason being that you need to increase oxygen and get some carbon dioxide out of the penis. So, because all an erection is, it's just a lot of blood in the penis and it's not letting the blood come out. It's not a bone or a muscle or anything like that. Now, when we have the erection, the only one that can really use for sex would be the reflexogenic or the psychogenic. The ones that you get in the morning, those are not designed for sex. Right. And the reason being that they, they, they'll go down because they want to get, they don't want to stay up too long because they're trying to just clean out the area. If you get a reflexogenic or a, 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 a psychogenic erection, once you have orgasm, there's a chemical called noradrenaline, which is the fight or flight one, which then makes your blood vessels squeeze down, stop the blood going into the penis, your penis will go down. That's why even if you feel still sexually stimulated, even though you've, but you had orgasm, it's going to go down. Mm. It's going to do it. Now, the issue is how long is it going to take for your body to break down this noradrenaline so that you can get another erection? Okay, and that's called the refractory period. The refractory period is the biggest change that happens to most men. If you live uh, long enough, to, you, hopefully you're healthy, to 80, your refractory period will be one month. We can change it, but it, it takes one month. M multiple orgasms, guys do not get multiple orgasms, but the 18 to 22s will tell you that they have. What they've been doing is they've got a very short refractory period because their bodies are still very up on the ball and breaking this down. So while they're still inside the, the, the vagina or wherever they are, they can get another erection within a couple of seconds, but that's not multiple orgasms. Multiple orgasms are what females get because they reach a plateau where they can get multiple things. All right. So your, the best time for you to get multiple good erections is between 18 and 22. And then after that, we all sort of fade a little bit. Mm. And by the time you reach 30, one in three guys are going to have a problem with erections. And when I say erections, it's not like you just happened once that you're just in the bedroom and you're not, and then you, or you were coming back drunk or something and you didn't see. If, it, if we define it, if, you, if it's continuous for three months, everyone has to fail. We get failures. Right. Erections aren't so right. good. We don't feel like having sex. We don't have, we, we, we ejaculate too quickly once in a while. It happens. If it's bothersome and it's more than three months, that's another issue. Females, it's the same sort of thing. And one of the, another little myth buster, women, when they get vaginal wetness, a lot of them are, 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 are stimulated. But even, but more, uh, the, big, uh, the vast majority of women do not always get wet enough. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean they don't feel like having sex. So, I always say, like, I like to quote my, 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 my mentor, um, Elner McIntosh. He says, there are two important things about the vagina. One is that it's a self-cleaning organ. Do not be douching. Do not be... It takes some smells. It does some things. It does changes over the period. Relax. Right. If you're not itching and burning, and you know, relax. Take it easy. The second is lubricate, lubricate, lubricate. 
you got to lubricate. Doesn't even it? with women. Because typically the, the conversations are around lube yeah. are between two men. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But even with women, which is it's an important factor. Yeah. We've spoken about sex a lot, which is yeah. not a bad yeah. thing. But <laughs> of course, uh, sexuality, men's yeah. sexuality involves a whole lot of that. I was hoping that you'd help us, uh, I guess, also make the distinction between sexuality and sexual orientation. Mm. I think you've already touched on that. Yeah. But um, also speak about the, the health concerns that exist among men beyond that. You know, there's STIs, STDs, there's HIV and many other considerations, mm -hmm. which I find sometimes men don't necessarily consider until it's too late. Yeah, that's very true. And I think, again, this is the fact about the interrelationship of everything. The two leading causes of death, and I'll come to the infections and things just now, but two leading causes, not infection, it's heart attack, strokes, loss of limb, cardiovascular disease, mm. and cancer. And even young people can get cancer. About 10% of cancers happen in people under the age of 40, okay? Both of them, by the way, if you look at the underlying issue, we've read alarmingly about COVID and stuff, and one of the biggest issues with COVID is, you know, is that it's not the virus that's causing, it's our body's reaction to the virus. Right. Because it's causing inflammation You're and actually drama. killed by your body. By your body. Trying to respond to COVID. Trying to respond to COVID. Wow. And the same thing, is why you get heart attacks, strokes, loss of limb, because you get inflammation of the inside coating of your blood vessels, which blocks, damages them, they get scars, they block up. What happens, stops going to the heart, you, die, you get a heart attack. Stop going to the brain, you get a stroke. Stop going to the penis, you get erection problems. So that's also interrelated. When it comes to cancer, it's exactly the same. Inflammation is not a good thing because it, it, makes, it breaks down your own immunity and then your body can't even recognize cancer cells walking around in your body. Mm. So again, we have to integrate everything. And so, and as I've said, the stress and the way you think about your life also can impact on this inflammation. So you have to take it easy. Now, we do have a number of different conditions which can cause the problem for again, and they'd be from infections, STIs, extremely common. Remember about half of the time for our purposes, you don't get symptoms. And so you, and so you can get damage to your thing. Cause for our purposes, again, it's about, there are only three, it's, uh, four major types of STI. One is the discharges. All right. Which don't come overnight. And if a female has a, has a, has a discharge and it's not from an STI, it's not going to be hitting you. Even the fungal ones, they, you cannot transmit that to mm. guys. Second are ulcers, which are, um, again, can be, they, they can be on the penis, they can be on the groin and various other things. And then the, the blood ones like HIV and those, and the hepatitis and, and that sort of stuff. Now, all of these are prevalent in guys at different levels. And the one which is most prevalent, the most prevalent STI is actually what we call human papillomavirus, the one that causes us to get warts and things like that. Most people don't get any warts, but if you've had sex, you have HPV, okay? And why I'm saying this is so important at the moment is because we're on a drive uh, with some, some of my foundations that the, we need to push more for HPV vaccination, particularly in females, but also in male children, because uh, the leading cause, one of the leading, second leading cause of cancer in females in South Africa is cancer of the cervix, the bottom of the womb. Just remind me, I must come back because I'm going to talk about the G-spots for females just now. Mm. And one of them is the bottom of the cervix, okay? But if we can vaccinate our girl children particularly, and the government actually has done a pretty good job of that, and we usually want to get it done about the age of 11, not because we're expecting to have sex, but because their immune systems are so good. But even if we give it to male children, it also helps to prevent. And penis right. cancer, does there is penis cancer, 
uh, the, 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 I won't make that dirty joke example, but anyways, okay. <laughs> but, but the penis cancer is far less common than cervical cancer, but it also is protected by t being vaccinated with, with this as well, okay? So HPV, everyone, essentially everybody has got it if you're sexually active. Second is, the, is herpes, which is a virus again, but it's a virus which is living in the back of, in your nerves in the back. 40% of people who are sexually active have herpes. Most of the time you don't get symptoms, but if you do get symptoms, it's going to be a couple of blisters and itchiness on the uh, same point in the genital area, both for males and females. And your immune system eventually starts recognizing it and says, okay, bugger off. And the HPV is the same. They're also selling to bugger mm -hmm. off. The discharges are a bit more difficult because the discharges, you're, you've got your testicles, these guys, they you've got sperm, which then travel through a long tube to the area of what we call the prostate, which is sitting around the pipe for passing urine, which is also the pipe for ejaculation, because most of what a guy ejaculates is not sperm. And if you get a discharge, you can travel down through that tube, lock it up, and give you fertility problems, even if you haven't got symptoms. Hmm. Female, similarly for females, their womb is sitting here. It's got tubes on both sides going to the eggs. They can block that up. They can get infections that needs to be addressed. There's one called syphilis, which disappears completely after a couple of weeks, but it stays in your body. And eventually, even up to 20 years later, it affects your brain, makes you go crazy and stuff. I'm not trying to scare everybody, but I think it's important for us to recognize that the majority of these need to be addressed. If you think you've been exposed, you need to go and get yourself checked out. It doesn't usually happen overnight that you, you get an ulcer or whatever, but the point is that you need to get it checked out and get and see, see somebody about that for your sure. sexual health. You've, you've mentioned all of, the, all of the risks that come with the lifestyle that a lot of, that a lot of, lot of young men, yeah. some of them watching this podcast right now mm -hmm. and listening as well, um, the, the, the risks that come with the lifestyles that we choose to lead. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and even as I understand, we've been talking about sex for, as, for, for, for a large chunk of the conversation yeah. we've had and while I don't mind, <laughs> um, I think it's interesting to note how this, this idea of the relationship between excess and the adverse effects of excess, of excess that it has on us can be, can be traced in multiple areas outside yeah. of sex. I'm thinking about um, this recent uh, World Health Organization study that was released that said that 59% of the drinking population consuming more than 60 grams or more of alcohol on at least one occasion over the, over a 30 day period. I'm curious mm -hmm. to find out in your, in your expertise, how much of that demographic is, is us as men versus yeah. the women. And as far as the relationship between excess and the adverse effects of that excess, when, when we consider how many of us drink, how many of us smoke, how many of us drink and smoke, mm. how many of us um, go, go ham on the unhealthy dietary um, mm. habits that we have, what is the relationship between excess and the, the, the dangers that that, that that poses towards our very lives? Mm. And how do we go about raising the awareness of addressing these issues without necessarily making uh, the people we're, we're trying to raise this awareness to feel like um, deer's caught in headlights mm -hmm. and um, in a situation where they can easily withdraw mm -hmm. from this conversation when it's trying to help and empower them. Yeah, no, it's a, and, and again, you're, 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 on, you're evangelical, you're actually on a mission. I like what you're saying, okay? <laughs> I think uh, one of my favorite authors, Tom Robbins, he says in one of his books that a choice without consequences is no choice at all. Everyone's going to make choices, but you must expect out, there's going to be an outcome. Some so-called good, some so-called bad. And it's pretty simple because we're in Africa that I can tell you the five things that you need to make choice, both for men and for women, and I'll explain a little bit now. 
there's the big five, the big five. And if you follow this, really, you're, 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 you should be fine. Number one is exercise, as you said, and it doesn't have to be too much exercise. We've done randomized control trials, which are the mainstay, where we compared, for, your, for the, pur the purpose of the discussion, there's an hour, 20 minutes, compared to high intensity for three minutes. And that's twice a week. Same benefits for the heart. You don't have to do too much, mm. okay? Don't do too much. Just a little bit makes you could you, you could do the high intensity in a suit if you wanted to. That's how, but it does. It's your choice. If you want to do it longer, that's fine as well. Second is diet, and it's not what you eat; it's the numbers of calories we're putting in our body. And the thing is that one of the biggest changes. I mean, if you go, for example, to I guess I'm really my age, but in, if I was to go to my my, my grand, grand when I was young, I, I used to get maybe one high caloric fizzy drink per week and the and, and usually with John church and maybe that's what made me stop wanting to go to church <laughs> but that's a different story story for another day but the thing is that the average child in South Africa uh, has between two and a half and three per day now when we're looking at the numbers of calories that people are going on we know that South Africa was number one in the world in 2012 number one for obesity and overweight we now slipped to number eight Still not great, right. okay? But what was even more worrying was that 30% of our children are obese or overweight as well. And how, why are they doing that? What's happening? Now, type 2 diabetes, never, 30 years ago, never heard of. Mm. Would have published in the, all the journals of the world. Now it's super common. One, it's, it's not they exercise too much because kids usually do more than enough exercise. It's about diet, right. okay? And these two and a half drinks that I'm talking about or whatever, or, or, or sticky bun or whatever it is. The problem is fructose, and it does, it, it, there's a place in the brain called the satiety center, which makes us feel full. And if you're taking any of these high fructose things, it doesn't even affect it, that means nothing. It needs to see the greens and the meats and things like that. And if you take two of these cans of, of whatever, I'll use just the cans as an example, they have the same number of calories as a full full meal. Same number. Mm. So you aren't feeling satisfied from this full, you're full of calories. So you go and eat the full meal. Mm. Now you're saying, oh, but why am I why aren't I losing weight? Why am I? Cut back on the numbers of calories that you're putting in your body. The numbers are important. It doesn't matter whether it comes from fat, because it still gets converted to sugar eventually. It doesn't matter whether it comes from protein, it still gets converted to sugar at the end of the day. It's the numbers, numbers, numbers. And one of the tricks is to cut back on, on these things. And by the way, we, maybe we'll have a discussion that um, diet drinks also have their own health right. risks as well. But the thing is, it, if you can't really, it, it was consider that. But more importantly for me is, this, is the sizes of plates. Again, grandmother, if you took your plates to your grandmother's uh, house today, you, her, they won't fit in the cupboard. The pl plate size has increased 50% in the last 30 years. Wow. And it doesn't matter how big the plate is. You'll be satisfied. Smaller plates, simple, two, two. So th that's it. Number three, smoking. And I don't want to pontificate, but that is the most important social choice a person can make. If you smoke properly, which means you smoke regularly, do whatever, half of the people who are smoking will die from their smoking. And it's not just Mickey Mouse things. We think, oh, the cancer, cancer, yeah. Every cancer is increased by smoking. Every last one, skin, lung, of course, biggest mm. one. Bladder, same. Also damaging your blood vessel, causing you heart attacks, strokes, loss of limb. Also making you get to the point where you can't even breathe properly anymore. And you're paying, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not pontificating on this, but it's, you're spending so, a lot of money to kill yourself. 
doesn't make sense to me. But of course, if, so my advice, if you aren't smoking, please stop. If you, if you, and if you do, if you haven't started, please not to. Right. And why I'm saying this is when it comes to females is that lung cancer, guys have finally started to listen a bit. Our lung cancer risk is starting to decrease because we've stopped, we've decreased smoking. Female smoking has increased. Now they're getting more lung cancers than mm. men. It's not acceptable from, as a medical practitioner, I don't want to pontificate, but you have to make that choice on that. Number, number four, stress, 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 stress. That's it. And there are many ways of being stressed. But you have to, and if you have find a problem, you need to go and get some help from somebody. Don't be saying, oh, no, I can't be talking to this person. But do something about it because you, it, it will kill you as well. And then the fifth is excess of anything, okay, be it alcohol, mm. be it, uh, and those, like you're saying, the data for alcohol is pretty clear that if you drink, there's, there's actually data say that you, there's no safe limit of alcohol that you can take. But again, it's a choice. You have to make that choice again. But even the smoking, it's a choice. You right. must make the choice. You must know what you're getting from this. But also drugs and various other things. Because, I mean, we know that some, some they, these things like they, they, people, some people take heroin, some people don't. It's a choice. You know that there there's, can be an outcome from it. If you're just willing to take that chance and do the, do the consequences, great. Right. We're way over time. But um, you had... No, no, no. This, we could sit here the whole day and listen to you. I, though... Um, because I think we'll never be forgiven if we don't touch on this. Mm. You had mentioned speaking about where G-spots lie, ah. not only just for women, yes. thank me later, but I think just for men as well, out of yes. interest. The biggest G-spot is the brain, of course. 90% of sexuality is in the brain because it's the way you feel about it. Mm. But I'm going to say, because I'm encouraging, I hope some of the youth out there will want to go into science. It's really exciting. Right. It's brilliant stuff. Okay. And I'm going to explain. For guys, the it's usually just penetration. We want to have orgasm. We think about it. We have it. Females, more complicated, there's a, a, there's, a, there's a desire, the feeling, guys also have desire. Arousal, for a guy it's erection, for females it's getting wet and that sort of thing. And then there's, there can be female sexual pain, that's why you should, your, your huge priapus is not going to be helpful. And then orgasmic issues, okay? And orgasmic issues are usually, for guys it's usually premature ejaculation, by far the commonest. Easy to treat, by the way, because we know there's a chemical in the brain. Uh, called serotonin, which is too low in the majority. 80% of guys get premature ejaculation at some stage in our lives. Commonest sexual problem we have. We can do, with the medications and things, we can sort it out. Mm. Okay, all right. 20% of guys, by the way, have what we call congenital premature ejaculation, which means that they had a, they were not satisfied with their ejaculatory time from the first time that happened. It messes up with the mind. It can be difficult. It needs to go to sort it out. Females, the orgasm is based on a lot of other things as well. And the, what, one of them are the G-spots. And why I'm encouraging science is that how we, did, we, we, we picked them scientifically where the G-spots are is by putting, uh, paying medical students, in, it was at the University of San Francisco, uh, California, uh, they paid the medical students to have sex in a specific machine called a functional MRI. Okay, which is why the medical students having the sex. No, okay, anyway, they were being anyway, paid. They were being paid for it as well. I, it's, 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 a trial. Anyway. It's, it's a trial. I would have. I, I could have been in the trial. I would have been oh, super happy. Like very, very sweet. Game. Very sweet. Stuff. All right. And what it's picking up is that we, we, the MRI can pick up uh, where signals increased electrical activity and increased blood flow occur, and that's that's how we picked up where the G spots are. The G spots for females, the ones that are proven. If the if a woman is like this on the front wall of her vagina, there's an excess number of nerves and and, and things there. So maybe theoretically, dog, doggy style might help that. But again, that's not the only important part. Mm. The G spot's not the only thing. Second is the clitoris, and the clitoris is exactly the same organ as the as the penis. It's also just engorged tissue, mm. and it's exactly the same length as the penis. 
It's exact. Half of a guy's penis is buried what? under a bone here. The, femur, cl the clitoris runs in a loop around the vagina, you know, almost in exactly the same length as those two cords of ours. Thinner, hopefully, it depends on some people. But the point is it's exactly the same length. Another G-spot. The third one was uh, in interesting. It was uh, it, 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 at the bottom of the cervix. And let me, during the trial, cameras were put on the tips of the guy's penises. Science. See how exciting science is. <laughs> and what we were looking for is to see what happens to the womb as a woman approaches orgasm. And what happens is that the womb starts getting pulled down. It looks a bit like an elephant trunk coming towards the penis. Okay. And if that's, the cervix is gently stimulated, that's the third G-spot. Okay. And again, the females are better than us. They, we say, oh my, I was so big. I was penetrating. I felt her womb. She brought the womb down to you. Okay. <laughs> but those are the three G-spots. Not the only important part when it comes to sexuality, yeah. but it's good to know. And it's nice to have. And if you go to a pub, you might not talk about it. <laughs> again, with respect to time, we've run way yeah. over. But I personally would, would feel remiss if I didn't mm -hmm. at least bring this question because I would be curious to, for yeah. your insight on it. Um, we've, we've covered the health um, implications of this, the varying degrees of excess and mm. overdoing it as far as um, sexually and, every, and everything else is concerned. There's a popular school of thought, um, especially when it, when it comes to um, our sexuality as men, there's a school of thought that dictates that um, men in a certain position of, of power, of influence, have to be able to access more, have to, have to be within a space to have multiple partners. And, the, and it's, it's curious to see how that school of thought always materializes itself um, throughout the various conversations that people have about it, because then women chime in and say, okay, well then, I, well then we as women should also be allowed to have multiple partners because men have yeah. multiple partners as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I'd like to find out from you, what are, beyond the health implications, what are the social implications mm of this constant tit-for-tat approach yes. as far as the degrees of excess in the sexual lifestyle. Yeah. And how, how much further, in, in your professional opinion and in your insight, how much further back will that set us in terms of, uh, of addressing these issues that we need to address in order to make the kind of progressions we need to make mm -hmm. to be a better society? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a sociologist, but I, I, I will address the part, part of it. I think the main thing is, again, it's about communication. Because right now what's happening is people are getting this idea that, that, that I've been told that people, like, like you know, um, the, the Abacha in Nigeria, the previous uh, president, he died. And what, what had happened, and he had a heart attack. Mm. And it was blamed on Viagra, which it was sort of, okay? The reason being that he had taken, he'd, he'd had, uh, he'd had, uh, three ladies with him apparently at the time, and he'd taken three Viagras. The Viagra was not the problem. He was also taking a drug that helps, to, that is for heart attacks, and that's what caused the problem, not that. Oh. But again, that's, if he was comfortable and the partners were comfortable, no problem. Similarly, but I mean, to extrapolate to say that everybody, just because I have more money, I must do more things, if I've got more possessions, that's, and it impacts negatively on females, because they also, when they start getting into a, into a better financial position, they start considering themselves, trying to be like, more like, guys, don't do it. Don't do it. If you're comfortable with multiple partners, fine, if everyone's agreeing. But don't do it just to prove to other people, because by the way, nobody's going to be seeing you except you. I mean, unless you take Hopefully. videos. And don't, don't take videos, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've learned from some of our ministers. Yeah. <laughs> Professor Shingai, thanks Thank very much indeed. You've been thanks. more than generous with your time. And like I said, we could sit here and listen to you the entire day. But yeah. hopefully, um, this is just the start of um, a whole lot more conversations that you're able to have wherever you are. As I always say, we start the conversations. Hopefully, you'll take us home. Thanks for watching. <laughs>